1: Welcome to the Shit Show Plug my podcast the fall. ora, everybody, and welcome back to a episode of the shit show where I might be fading in and out of not consciousness. Um Maybe Maybe though. consciousness. It's getting tired of um, vocals. Good, good way of saying that. I'm here with Dunk. Dunk. <laughs> we both had concerts last night, um, but one of us can handle a concert a lot better than the other.
2: Mine was seated in like a theatre rather yeah. than, um, you know, yours was a bit more of an ordeal. And also just like a far more significant concert in terms of your life trajectory and narrative.
1: In terms of my narrative, it was a huge arc. Um, I went to Harry Styles. L- oh, <laughs> I went to Harry Styles last night, and you can hear about that on Culture Vulture. I did a review. I had some notes, um, but all in all, great night. Thank you all for asking, <laughs> 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 Duncan. You now ride a scooter?
2: Yeah, this is. I I, I didn't. To be clear, I, I didn't. I don't I didn't like seek out like the scooter sought me out rather than me seeking the scooter out. Herbie well, fully loaded. Yeah, it's very much Herbie be fully loaded. Um but also I had no intention of discussing this on the podcast, but just came in and I was like, Oh, it's Lucy's podcast, she's put that on the
1: Intro, Dunk Scooter.
2: Yeah. Um and basically it's it's me going back to my roots, part of my midlife crisis era. Um i you know, I used to ride a fifty cc moped around in the late 90s and loved it. And then I lent it to my friend and it got stolen. And oh, I, I it was embarrassed. I cried. No, there's
1: I no embarrassment. Because I got it
2: back and like so, someone said, yeah, it looks fine. And then it, they returned it and it was just absolutely. <laughs> I cried. I did. I just was looking at this thing. I was like, this was my whole, whole, uh, you know, at adoles- late adolescence. Um, but now I've got another one, and I'm 43 <laughs> years old and riding a moped, and I'm, I'm super into it.
1: Oh no, I love it. We need to um, cover it with flames or stickers or something. Maybe I'll do. Maybe I'll instead of stealing it, you'll cry because you'll come out and it'll just be absolutely covered in Harry Styles. I mean, so. this seems fine. I mean, that does seem fine. Uh, we were laughing that most people buy a Ferrari. But, I mean, to be fair, the scooter found you, as you said. You didn't go out and seek the scooter, so.
2: Yeah, but but it's right. It's of it's, it's, it's a peace with all of my other sort of psychic disintegration of late, and I'm just, just choosing to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, and it's enjoyable to watch. So, like, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, as long as I can be funny to people, like, as a... Thing. Yeah.
1: No, you look quite chic on it today, I will say.
2: Really? Yeah,
1: driving off with your backpack on. like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 well, that's not, not the word I was ever anticipating, but I'm absolutely going to take that.
1: Anyway, now that we've talked about like something weird in real life, Duncan's s- scooter. Nah, it's cool. Um, tell me about the weirdest thing that you saw on the internet this week that I actually sort of saw in real life this week.
2: Yeah, well, I kind of love slash get freaked out but when sort of stuff that we have just coded as oh that's just weird internet phenomena actually bleeds into reality because I think a lot of the time there is a sort of reducing and dismissing effect that that people can have when they sort of see people being real hectic online and go oh that's just sort of that's internet fringe. stuff that's, yeah yeah and when it's like well no those are real humans doing that and they're not you know and very seldom they might be doing it like for a bit or because they're yeah. trolling or whatever but a lot of the time especially increasingly lately it's their sincerely held beliefs, and we should be like thinking about that. So the weird thing,
1: yeah, I was like, so yeah, the, the, doing the like, weird thing, the yeah. backwards intro, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Here's the philosophy: you should think about the weird <laughs>
1: yes. thing.
2: is it, reality check radio, which this is a a, a New Zealand story. Um, obviously, that's where we are, and and what I pay most attention to. But it does feel like it's it fits into a broader context of how the internet is changing the way we relate to one another or or don't. So about a year ago, there was this – basically the the mainstream – a mainstream radio station in New Zealand kind of tried to haul in some of its hosts and had a kind of a very conscious uncoupling with one who went on to start his own internet radio station called The Platform – it was kind of animated by a lot of the kind of free speech culture war type stuff yeah things that you just can't really say on the radio yeah. anymore but they think it's really important that you that you defend that right <laughs> They started a year ago and were you know would host a lot of anti-vax yeah. or anti-vax or, or mandate questioning type yeah. people and the again free speech yeah but the, the thing that's interesting is like sort of six months or so ago they decided actually, they're these these people are a bit one note at least this is what they told me and you know we don't want to kind of go get completely sucked into that because that's a whole community now yeah. is that the vaccines aren't real and you, you all know what that is but they um, now they, these guys have started another rebel radio station like, i.e this thing is just kind of metastasizing and I don't know sure, sure. where it ends but like the fact that the babies are having babies yeah. and they're you know, these are, like, real... In, in the New Zealand context, there's, like, former leaders of really prominent political parties. There's people who are part of RNZ, which is our ABC or BBC, yeah. for, like, decades. And they're just... They believe some really strange stuff now. And and you, you had a run-in with them, right? Or at least a run oh. past. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I had a run-in with them. No, I was in um, quite a nice area of Auckland the other day where I don't usually frequent. And on the side of the road was... These people on each side of the road. I think it was two people on each side holding signs that were like "End Wokism," like "Share the Truth," "Reality Check," "NZ," and I was kind of like, the signs were kind of like they didn't look real botched and word art and fringy. They actually look quite profesh. And if I'd just seen "Reality Check," NZ. I would have thought it was like a reality TV show, like new podcast or something. Like It was really, I had to look at it twice. I actually took a video of it to look at it later because I was driving. I didn't take the video while I was driving. And uh, yeah, and then I saw that Dunk was writing about this thing. I was like, oh, obviously it was saying end wokeism, so it wasn't something I was going to be into. But yeah, I thought it was weird that they were in this quite like affluent area. But it speaks to your point of... These are just normal people that have like mates that think the same thing of them and money and following. And like, I know people from my hometown that like funded, is it called Counterspin? Yeah. Yeah, these rich people. Counterspin
2: is an even more fringe and extreme variant of this kind of phenomena.
1: They just like, we grew up with them and then they started, like, we didn't grow up as, like, close friends with them, but they started funding and hosting Counterspin and, like... Just another Blenden
2: Media startup. No!
1: <laughs> so yeah.
2: Counterspin.
1: Just another Blenden Media startup. So, yeah, it's weird. That is a weird thing. Weirdest thing on the internet. Well, it's weird and also, like, coming normal, which is weird.
2: I don't, Like, I don't know if it's, like, mainstreaming. I don't think the, no. the groups are necessarily expanding, but they are kind of calcified they don't Mm -hmm. they don't seem to be de-radicalizing and the thing that buzzes me out or one of the many things that buzzes me out about it is that when you see these things on youtube or or you know other social platforms they're always enormous and it's because those groups are just so comfortable being extremely hectic they use all of the tools that that drive engagement and therefore distribution within social platforms so they feel really noisy yeah, and they get amazing free distribution in those contexts and so you know they've got a huge advantage over like a sort of any platform like either of ours which is trying to be a bit more sort of rational about (laughs) things we're not like you struggle for distro on social but It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird situation. Yeah, it is a
1: weird situation And this isn't a plug for that. So if you don't want to go check it out, feel free to not.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely (laughs) I feel like
1: my weird thing is just genuinely a weird thing. And I wonder if you've heard about it before. Have you heard of the tradition in Denmark where if you're over 25 and single, you get covered in cinnamon? (laughs)
2: No, <laughs> okay. that sounds really really problematic no, on heaps of level. <laughs> no
1: i know so i saw this on tiktok spoiler alert i feel like a lot of this podcast today is interesting things from tiktok that are actually like also smart so keep listening but this one's not that smart it's just from tiktok um i saw someone on tiktok talking about like weird things that happen where they're from and weird traditions they have and they said when you turn 25 in Denmark you get covered in cinnamon so obviously went and did like five extra minutes of research on it and yeah so in Denmark being unmarried on your 25th birth- birthday gives people social licence to pelt you with cinnamon and then on your 30th birthday um, the cinnamon gets upgraded upgraded to pepper. If they're feeling super mean, Danes sometimes add eggs to the mix because it helps with adhesion. So apparently this tradition dates back to the 16th century where Danish spice salesmen devoted too much time to selling these spices that they forgot to find themselves a bride. And so since then, it's just been this thing that when you're 25 and over, you get pelted with shit to remind you that like you should be finding a life partner. So...
2: This is heinous. Yeah,
1: (laughs) like like, isn't this bizarre?
2: It's so young. The idea that being single is something to be like just this enormous source of public shaming. I
1: know. And pelted with pepper and cinnamon, which would make you choke as well. It
2: it would. Also, if you're a spice salesman, I'm just kind of just questioning the sort of business case for this. Like I think if you're a spice salesman, I think it's really smart to have like an ongoing stream of production of people who need to be pelted with yes. cinnamon or pepper because then you're going to sell a shitload of spice for reasons beyond the, the traditional use case of that. that Reality check NZ.
1: The conspiracy has been unwound. <laughs> 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 oh my God. That's actually true. Fuck, that's smart. You're too smart for this show. Anyway, what's your first news story?
2: Uh okay. <laughs> well, anyway, the, crazy for, crazy. so I, I printed out my notes. I'm yeah, slide twenty four font. Get, and um yeah, and then and, and as Samuel and Lucy were making fun of me before we got on hot <laughs> I, I didn't realise just how enormous these, these typefaces were. <laughs> But um, so it just it's really, it's really and aging Duncan's
1: me out. actually got really good eyes because I think he said laser. I, yep. I have
2: had it. I have had it laser.
1: Just so you all know.
2: So the the thing that's really interesting to me, and this is like a totally different end of the TikTok thing. It's more like about TikTok than okay. from TikTok. But the the relationship between the sort of US presidency and legislatures and TikTok is really fascinating. Like if you all remember a few years ago. Donald Trump in a you know, like in a stop clock yeah. is right twice a day thing, kind of raised the the national security implications of having a Chinese owned company yeah. having a huge amount of a sort of attention share and device installs uh, across remember, the US. I
1: remember being like, TikTok's about to get fucking banned. What am I gonna do? It's locked down. Or like, I think it was during our lockdown. And I was like, I genuinely thought because all my American People that were coming across my feed were like, the countdown's on. See you never. See you later on this app. Go follow all my other socials. It's going. <laughs> never went, but continue.
2: Well, there was very of a piece with all of the kind of really arbitrary and just, just bizarro stuff that he would, would just say sort of roughly every 30 to 45 minutes. <laughs> but. I, there, was, there was a real kind of logic to, yes. around it like if you operate as, as a business in China you, you basically have to especially at any scale you have to have it give the the Chinese Communist Party like access yeah. to or, or, uh, or basically the Chinese state has to have the ability to kind of be deeply engaged with with your business is the most polite way of putting it um and a lot of what yeah, you know, there there are sort of t- two different theories of why you should be worried. You know, like one is lo- lots of apps can kind of have relationships with other apps. Like, you know, can, can <laughs> they, you know, and could they, if they can figure out your identity, yeah. can they, you know, get compromat from what, what you're What's engaging compromat? with? Compromat is that that's, do you remember the, the Steele dossier and this idea that there was this um, footage of donald trump oh. and with prostitutes oh yeah. in, so like compromising in russia stuff. yeah yep. it's, it's a classic kind of kgb okay. trope okay. of uh how you basically can take control of a foreign uh official yeah. by, by holding this sort of sort of damocles over them okay sorry no, um, don't be
1: sorry because that's what this that's what this <laughs> podcast is about me not understanding shit and you teaching me
2: So That's not what it's about. (laughs)
1: it's not. It's me teaching all of you that are listening and questioning Duncan because he doesn't know anything. So... JK.
0: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get fifteen percent off your borough purchase at borough.com slash acast and up to twenty-five percent off outdoor. That's up to twenty-five percent off outdoor furniture at borough.com slash acast.
2: The so and then the obviously the other one being that, you know, you, you can put your thumb on the scale and, and show material to like hundreds of millions of people, particularly young people, that might erode trust in the American state, which the American state does quite a good job of even without TikTok or, uh, you know, makes China yeah. look great, all this kind of stuff So thing.
1: taking your data is one and propaganda, like, is another.
2: Yeah, exactly. Nice. I could have said that much more succinct. No. But basically, like, this, this thing which seemed really, you know, the, at first blush not particularly likely to happen has kind of gathered steam and now there's there's kind of a bipartisan interest in it. Um you know, there there was initially an idea that TikTok might have to divest its US arm and be owned by um you mm. know Oracle for some reason. Yeah. And um and, and you know like this is again like while it was a Trumpian idea initially, it's also not a solely a, a US concern. Yeah. Um you know India has, has outright banned it. The yeah. EU and, like, I think about 20 US states have banned state employees from mm-hmm. having TikTok uh, installed on their uh, devices, their government issued devices. And, I, you know, K- Casey Newton from Platformer, who is extremely clued up on this stuff, remains of the opinion that a ban is more likely than not because this stuff is just almost unsolvable. Yeah. You know, I've heard. Kevin Roos the New York Times reporter talk about you know the the extent to which TikTok is I think very genuinely trying to make itself more secure and presentable obviously is a fantastic business and the whole kind of cultural phenomenon underneath this but it's just really really difficult to ever imagine especially as China gets you know under under Xi Jinping gets more and more sort of bellicose in terms of the way it's what already, does that mean? just sort of i mean it's related to belligerent it's, okay okay it's the the way that it relates to the world is getting quite uh scary at yeah. times um and yeah so so basically the, the the latest is that there's a bipartisan group of 12 u.s senators that are introducing legislation i think around now as we, yeah. as we talk that would give Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo: New powers to ban the the app and and any other foreign-based technologies if they pose national security threats, which is quite a broad idea. And it's almost like impossible to say, well, that that this doesn't. The other states are places like uh, Iran, North Korea, kind of your kind of classic uh, demagogic (laughs) nightmare states. Um, But this is quite yeah it's it's a it's a really challenging thing and it feels like it's in motion it doesn't feel like it's done
1: and I want you to keep us updated on that because I'd been seeing it in headlines, but I hadn't actually like taken it seriously like that in a way that what what's the what's the alternative is it the u s like copy pasting and building their own version of of this
2: well that's where I think it gets really interesting right because as well as there being a national security threat there's also like a a national commercial interest and in that yeah. You know, Facebook must be lobbying its ass off right now. That's what I'm it, thinking, reels. Like, exactly. And, you know, you've got two, you know, between um, Alphabet and Meta, you've got two domestic, uh, you know, powerhouses yeah. of industry, which are both undergoing some yeah. some kind of headwinds now for kind of the first time in their history, who would really, really That's like to take up all that space that, that TikTok currently o- occupies. Yeah. Then the other thing which I think is really material to this is while you know, China is is kind of obviously protesting this, they're saying, how can we, you know, how can you justify uh, treating the uh, you know a company from from one country different differently mm-hmm. from your own? And you're like, you have literally banned yep. Google, yes. Facebook. You know, YouTube, uh, you, Twitter, every, every major social app is yeah. just as inaccessible within China, which is one part of their kind of information kind of control, but also has helped foster an, a massive domestic social industry, yeah. including, you know, like TikTok wouldn't have happened without that kind of control. and And anyone wanting to do business in China has to partner with a local company. So there is a bit of a sense that the period of, you know, where the World could say what its posture towards China was we'll just kind of beckon you into the into the light mm-hmm. uh, you know you can join the WTO just generally like world we'll trade
1: Organization everyone
2: and we will think we will assume that there'll just be a a march that will ultimately end in democracy. And there's just increasingly very little evidence that that is what the regime intends to do. And so these kind of conversations are just going to keep happening.
1: And it's also, I mean, it's telling, hate saying that, don't know what else to say, that, well, for the propaganda argument, that the US government might be worried that unfavourable things towards the US government could be going viral on TikTok. Like China doesn't even use tiktok in their own country they have their own version of it like they won't even have this beast they don't want this
2: yeah and there's reporting that says like the chinese tiktok i think Douyin is what yeah. it's called uh for for the the stuff that targets young people is like wholesome educational yes. content yeah. versus the absolute chaos now some of that is just the nature of the societies that birth these things but some of it you kind of unavoidably think hmm
1: yeah <laughs> Okay, this segues kind of perfectly into my story, which is... And, Duncan, this is actually going to be interesting. Have you heard of Stop Willow or The Willow Project? I've not. Because it's going incredibly viral on TikTok right now. Um, And this is something that I assume the US government... Not that they wouldn't want this happening because activism, this is kind of how it works. You've got to, like, I don't know, raise awareness for shit. But it's just, it's not favourable towards them. So Stop Willow is about the Willow Project, which is to stop the Biden administration from approving what's called the ConocoPhillips Willow Project next week. And this is probably the most viral climate story I've seen, like, on one of these apps, which is why I think it's so interesting because I'm going to get to it in a second. Like, climate issues... It's hard to make them meaningfully go viral and then meaningfully create change, but we'll um, talk about that in a second. You got?
2: Well, no, I mean, I, I think that that, that that idea that kind of a, a big policy issue often requires like a, yeah. a sort of vector that is yes. really specific for people to actually be able to mentally understand yeah. the sort of stakes or, 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 or implications.
1: And it's like that sort of flash-in-the-pan virality and like care needs to somehow stick to when when you vote and things like that. And it just feels like it doesn't often stay. Anyway. Well,
2: people just don't know what to do with the fact that they're annoyed with this thing. Like, find me something that I can actually... That's
1: more than a petition or like a... Well, which... Yeah,
2: or a little love heart on my Facebook social Yes.
1: So according to CNN, there's this really good piece that I'll put in the show notes that I refer to a lot in this. Um, So if the Willow Project goes through... The decades-long oil drilling venture on the north slope of Alaska would create thousands of jobs and establish a new source of revenue for the region, but it would also generate enough oil to release 9.2 million metric tonnes of planet-warming carbon pollution a year, which by the federal government's estimate is about the same as adding 2 million cars to the roads. So Mm. it's quite a – it's actually quite a nuanced – thing which I do want to talk about because on social media we know that nuance gets stripped of things. So you can imagine um me, Gen Z person on the internet operates like either within or on the spheres of this whole activism space. Definitely it's on my for you page a lot because it the world or China knows I'm interested in it. <laughs> um so I totally understand that something it's something we should care about, it's our planet. Um, 9.2 million extra uh, two million extra cars on the roads whatever that's fucked we know that but then also some um like a coalition of alaska natives who live like on the north slope do say that this project would be a much needed new source of revenue for the region and help fund things like schools and health care and so there's sort of two camps, or and like there, and a few camps. So sort of layers
2: of much yeah. layers, layered complexity, right? Because right now, the sort of marginal supplier of oil is Russia, and <laughs> so which is why the sanctions aren't really working. So you can kind of understand how like it, these things are just invariably yes. very complicated. Yes. It's really hard to, to show, show all that in a TikTok, certainly yes. not to get distribution from. Right?
1: I know, I know. And so people in these regions, they also, a lot of them don't want to be totally reliant on the state and the government. Like, having this revenue for them as workers, I mean, this is why it is so nuanced. Like, it would be really fucking good for them. So there's, But then there's other people that live close to the project and are like, no, this is going to, like, fuck up our environment or, like, our sacred land. So there are, yeah, there are so many reasons that this is going viral, but we're hearing the, obviously, the detrimental to the environment reason um, on TikTok.
2: But to your, I mean, to your earlier point I think this is such a classic example of you know there's I read reporting about TikTok I forget the name of the um, particular sort of function but basically there's there's a button that quite a few people can push the heat button button, exactly that just allows it puts it into a shitload of uh, different feeds and they say they do it sort of benignly but there aren't a whole lot of controls around it and you can certainly imagine like because of the sheer volume of content that is generated by TikTok, and because there's a relatively well understood sort of format that people will pay attention yes. to, it's inevitable that there'll be something that is would be useful to a malign actor seeking to destabilize a foreign government by yes. just making this thing a really hot, yeah. hot issue. Would it probably if you're like pardon call the, the double pun, yeah. um, and. You know, going we won election later this year. Like that, there is such clear potential for this to be used as a, in the same way that we thought that happened in the 2016 election. You know, like the, the whole Cambridge Analytica scandal, yeah. which you know subsequent reporting has revealed to be not nearly so impactful as it was meant to be. But I, this just feels a lot more like sophisticated and developed mm. and scaled than those kind of early you know, Russian research uh, unit kind of uh, attempts at the same same end.
1: And even the way, I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast, um, but I definitely talked to you and I think to squish about it. Even the way that the National Party TikToks was st- started getting like fed onto my For You page and they were really funny and then heaps of people liked them and obviously either they went up in the algorithm or who's to say that someone wasn't pressing a heat button, you know, like sending me these. Just the way that, we have very, outside of Casey Newton's platformer, which often, like, lets us know about these behind-the-scenes things going on at TikTok, it's just, it is worth thinking about, you know, if you're seeing something, seeking out some different perspectives, not a hot take, but, like, why am I seeing this so often? Who's maybe behind this? Who's funding this? Things like that. So I will say, off the back of this issue going super viral more than a million letters have been written to the White House protesting this project as well as a change.org petition with 2.8 million signatures and counting so obviously there are tangible things happening off the back of this but this is a specific fight a specific story that is very interesting to the public right now and to young people and again like whether that's organic or not we don't know but it is just it always brings up questions in my head of how do, how do you maintain that or, or how do we take that to if you actually care like changing policy it feels like these issues like yeah they're a stepping stone but I don't know I just think there's something interesting and I don't think our, I don't think our generation are very interested in policy it's not a hot word not a hot word for me at all and like I am also not good at reading heaps of shit and voting based like in the week before the election like reading it and then voting I don't know I just feel like there must be a new way of actually getting us interested in creating change rather I mean this is a way to start having shit go viral on TikTok
2: I mean ultimately like TikTok is extraordinarily effective at getting you interested in something and and ultimately even in the sort of distributed kind of um, you know highly segmented way getting giving you a lot of information which can be very accurate information about it but i think that's ultimately why i do believe it will be banned because that is a great power it's also (laughs) a great responsibility and i just don't think that you know when there's when there is an opportunity to do something bad like it, you know that's one of the lessons of the internet. Some some bad actor is going to figure it yeah. out, and absolutely, even if it wasn't the Chinese government, yeah, you can just deploy this thing at massive scale. It has, you know, as we were discussing right at the top, there's real world consequences all the time with this stuff, and you know, I think it's just inevitable. That you say, look, we need to put this into a a much more controllable vessel. And ultimately regulate it with policies.
1: (laughs) And how do we make that hot for young people to care about when the time comes? I don't know. Huge life challenge. A life's work to change that. Um, But we'll start on it now here on the shit show. Dunk, you have another story? Is it to do with TikTok?
2: No, but it is to do with a big technology platform. Love it. Uh, Because that's just what what we care about a lot on this, (laughs) this show. Yeah uh so so this one is uh, an initiative it was actually announced right at the end of january but i only kind of properly familiarised myself with it this week uh which is it's part it's part of this big so uh, australia elected a new government um a bit over a bit less than a year ago uh electing a, a left-leaning labor government under uh, prime minister alton anthony albanese and what they've announced is this, like, a, a national cultural policy, which admittedly does sound a little bit more like something you'd expect from, from the Chinese state. But it's Australia's got this history of kind of quite interesting and challenging legislation in the technology space, which, you know, they did the News Bargaining Code, which um, forced deals between news publishers and Google and Facebook, and that was the first time in the world that that had been done. And there's been this long period where as societies around the world we've sort of just looked at the technology companies looked at them getting really massive and entangled in our lives and just gone oh,
1: can't do anything about that yep. Take me now.
2: I'm just going to try and not think about <laughs> how how much of a he- head fuck that is but uh, but Australia which is relatively typical to the Australian character is just like no we'll have a crack at it and you know that, there's a lot of valid critiques you can make of that legislation but I do kind of err on the side of at least they're doing something
1: oh Um, always always err on the side of that
2: yeah and so this one the the headline piece was this idea that they were going to impose quotas uh on the streamers because which you know what does that mean yeah so
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know (laughs)
2: well when you think about it like historically television you know broadcast television linear television played a lot of local stuff stuff from your country and that was kind of obvious and then one of the big signature unlocks of netflix was that people are interested in stuff from around the world you launch your service in like dozens of countries Mm -hmm. on any given day you don't have content from all those countries but as long as you have terrific shows people are going to watch them yeah and they don't expect there to be a lot of local stuff there but then the bigger you get, the more share of attention, the bigger share of like revenue mm-hmm. that goes from there, and and thus disappears from your local TV networks. All the good stuff about that kind of glues you together as a society that came from us all watching the same stuff on the same um, channels. That kind of goes away too. And this is an attempt by the Albanese government to say. Well if you're going to take all this revenue and attention share away from the broadcasters and, and and all this money you're going to have to spend some of it on Australian production so that Australians are going to have things to watch on Netflix or Disney Plus or Prime
1: that's a, about them that's or about Disney, them yeah okay so it's a quarter for local stuff on these big platforms
2: we'll spend on local stuff okay
1: okay so and has this been brought in
2: they 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 basically tabled the legislation with, and they intend to have it live by July of next year. And Australia, even but setting aside the technology thing, Australia's always had quite like policies that would be, you know, considered quite extreme in a lot of other countries. You know, they have a, a law that says it on a mainstream TV channel that you have to have 55% of your content be Australian-made between 6am and midnight. Wow. So there's just a lot more Australian like, stuff on Australian TV yeah. than there is New Zealand stuff on New Zealand TV, for example. So so this is kind of of a piece with that. And in fact, it's relatively benign compared to, yeah. to that policy. But it's just interesting to see people trying to kind of like, stand up to the technology companies and act like it's not just full libertarian mode whenever they enter your country
1: because sometimes i wonder because i don't consume any new zealand content like barely even new zealand news like i
2: none taken that's that's fine
1: (laughs) any new zealand content unless duncan links it to me on slack and plugs himself
2: (laughs) no savage um
1: but i wonder if that's because when i grew up in started paying for services myself and started making my own decisions about what i was watching instead of mom and dad watching the 6 p.m news like was it my decision to stop watching new zealand stuff or was it just that the world opened up to me and there was no new zealand amongst it and so naturally now i'm like oh well it just must not in my head i'm like it must not be that good that's not the case i just it's some not, of it's quite bad some of it's quite bad all of it. No. Nah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, like, but it's true. Like, if you can choose from the best stuff from anywhere in the world or even the best stuff from New Zealand, you know, on some level it's a little bit like eating your vegetables to, eat, yes. to watch the New Zealand stuff. And it can feel that way. And that's not their fault.
1: Oh, it's such a good way of putting it, Duncan. And
2: there's a delicious ice cream. <laughs>
1: so the Office American Edition is like a delicious dessert. And yeah. you're forcing yourself to watch... I oh, can I don't know. No, no, no. Like,
2: yeah, censored and <laughs> deleted. Yeah, but you know they. It, but it is a problem, right? Because you know it also means that because a, a big part of this goes out back to arguments that were made in public broadcasting right in its origin in like the thirties. It was like we must give the the people this good high quality news and information so that they sort of understand the society they live in. Like media has always had a pretty. Intense and not always um, benign role in in shaping mass opinions, but uh, you know the the I think that uh, but the fact that so many young people are just like you described yourself, that's kind of why a lot of people in government are sort of going well, hang on, we have almost no control over or even ability to to shape what what is kind of going through young people's sort of minds now. And so we now should try done, and do something about it.
1: Is advocating for mind control via the streaming yes. services. Mind
2: control has been out there for a while.
1: Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Well, that's actually interesting. I did not know that was happening either, so that's sort of why you're here.
2: I like that that's actually interesting. That's actually
1: interesting. <laughs> As opposed Rare. to what I totally preempted. That was actually interesting. I have a good news story.
2: I'd love to hear that.
1: Well It's sort of a cop-out. It's just that Harry did the census and then told all these other people at the stadium show to do the census. But I actually thought it was really cool because we had, um, like, the people that run the census sort of talking to us about how we should get more people to get involved and do it. And Harry Styles standing on stage saying, before I start the show, I want to make sure everyone's counted and you've done the census.
2: Well, because I think that's really, like, massively great yeah like, censuses are so important in terms of allocating resource yeah. and knowing what the hell is happening in your country and they can become politicized they, oh, they yeah. can be victims to apathy if there are communities that aren't reached which you know quite plausibly some of harry's fans could be like you have to remind people why they matter and i actually personally don't think that the new zealand census did a great job of explaining the why part yeah uh this this time around um, I agree
1: cuz as I only again I just out myself on this podcast all the time for being quite naive um disagree this this sure. <laughs> this year when I was sitting down doing the census and taking it quite seriously with my flatmates it was the first year where I was like oh my god yeah me answering these questions about you know, even things I could ask you about your eyesight and like hearing and accessibility things. I was like, me taking this quite seriously and answering these, answering these seriously benefits all of us.
2: You're exactly right, though. Like, if we don't know things about accessibility or language or you know, relative material circumstances, the government's going to make terrible policy yeah. and not address the needs of its society. Like, it could not be more important.
1: Everyone, well. Can you still do it? I feel like yesterday was. Yeah,
2: yeah they, they, they're they're sort of using Cyclone Gabrielle as a oh. a bit of a um cover. Like obviously it's real in certain regions. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a real cyclone. <laughs> oh no, this is going to be clipped. <laughs> but um, the the uh, you know, like yes. it's going to take people a little cool. bit while to to get it to done. get it
1: done. But go and do it, and Harry Styles has also done it. So just I don't know, relate over that. and do with that what you want everyone (laughs) (laughs) um duncan this has been this has been a good one, actually.
2: Well, I was <laughs> confident. You, were, Luce was messaging me before we, we got on air and um, just talking about how terrible it was going to be. I was like, mm, just you wait. Yeah, you I see. thought
1: I thought it was going to be a brain empty, like having to re-record because brain was too empty um, a dish. But you really, you, you held it together, I'll say. So <laughs> okay,
2: I appreciate that.
1: Thanks for being here, Sam. Thanks for being our producer. You can't respond, but he's really happy that we thanked him. And if you want more of Duncan... He writes a lot now on the spin-off, eh, Duncan?
2: I do, I do. And I have actually wrote about both of my two. Yes. Uh, I wrote about my weirdest thing on the internet and about that Netflix uh, streaming, law. both of which I think are just interesting in terms of this big uh, technology World change. Episodes? Weird. Like just life.
1: This life. And they'll probably be in the show notes, I think, so that you can find them and read them because I haven't read them myself. I'm sure they're good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're all just too long for you, eh? No, I
1: know. Don't. And you can read my really short takes on things in the daily newsletter.
2: Plug my podcast, The fold. Oh,
1: okay. oh Ruby, keep that. <laughs> If you also want to hear more of Duncan, you can go and listen to his podcast, Best Media Podcast in New Zealand, Best Podcast about the media in New Zealand, The Vault. Didn't want to make it seem... You've
2: just, like five minutes earlier, said, Stuff from New Zealand is boring and you can't watch it. This is great. It's fine. I can fine. listen to it. It's fine. It's a, it's a cute little book.
1: No, it's it's a dope podcast.
2: <laughs> like, this is just impossible. Let's be real now. here.
1: It's a dope podcast. Anyway, if you've made it this far, thank you and well done. And we'll see you next week, I hope.